You can now hear Movie Heaven Movie Hell on Stitcher. Stitcher is radio on demand. Listen anytime, anywhere. Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all your favourite shows, plus discover from 20,000 news, entertainment and sports shows. You can also create your own custom playlists. Stitcher is available on iOS, Android, Nook, iPad and in over 4 million car dashboards. It's on demand and it's on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory. You can stream your favourite podcasts from Stitcher. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at stitcher.com or in the App Store. And please, leave us a review and rating on Stitcher. Thank you. Happy Halloween and welcome to the Movie Heaven, Movie Hell Halloween podcast with me, Keith Isles, and... And I'm Clive Ashenden, not Simon Aitken. Yes, uh, this is a bit of a first. Uh, out of some 77 or so episodes that we've done so far, um, Simon is not able to join us for this particular episode. Uh, I know I've missed a few and Clive has stood in for me previously, so... Uh, Clive is now standing in for Simon. Um, but no, we wanted to have something for Halloween. Uh, obviously, last year, Clive uh, and Mike Tack joined Simon and myself to discuss uh, Stephen King adaptations. Uh, this year, we did want to do a tribute to Wes Craven originally, but because of uh, various work commitments, um, Simon now being a a background artist and uh, myself trying to be a grown-up, um, we, we haven't had time to do it. However, Clive and I did manage to pop along to the Fright Fest Ordea um, to see their range of, of films for this Halloween, so we thought as a special Halloween bonus we would, uh, we would include our insights into that. It, this was at the Prince Charles Cinema uh, at Weirdly, it was, it was actually it was Saturday the 22nd. They, had, they did it the weekend before Halloween, I guess, because of schedule conflicts. But, uh, yeah, really happy to be here uh, talking scary movies with you, Keith. Yes. Well, we do. We love Halloween and we love horror movies. So, uh, yeah, it was thought that we probably had to do something. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a mixed bag, wasn't it, uh, Clive? Um, we saw six films over the day. Um and yeah, the diff different types of horror genres and different different budgets and from different parts of the world. Yeah, it was it was a nice sort of eclectic mix. Uh, you had five five I guess horror movies and then one uh, super violent action movie. Uh, so yeah, it, it it was it was a mix. Uh, and I don't know you. I like a mix. I don't like just watching you know. Uh, Zombie movie after zombie movie, or slasher movie after slasher movie. I like I like things to sort of switch up, and you have different tones. You have more humorous ones, more intense ones, more psychological ones. So that's part of the the, the fun of going to a festival like Fright Fest. I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree totally. It's uh, it's uh, why it's one of those interesting genres. Um, so 
just to sort of go through the program that we had then, I mean, appreciate that most of these films haven't yet had a um, official release, uh, be it theatrical or home media, uh, as these were sort of premieres. So I guess we're going to try not to be too spoilery with any of this, uh, but at the same time, you, you know, give our, our views on it. So first up was a Canadian film called Bed of the Dead. And I don't know about you, Clive, but when I saw that title, I sort of groaned to myself and was expecting something uh, yeah, not particularly good. <laughs> I, 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 to be honest, I wasn't sure what to expect this one. I, was, I thought perhaps it might be like Deathbed, The Bed That Eats. Uh, it could be like a bit of schlocky fun, uh, but actually it was, um, well, if I was going to try and sum up the plot, I would say, I would call it CSI Sex Dungeon. No, I like it. Yes, yes, it was. I mean, it was very much a a, a police procedural at the bottom of it. I mean, it was something much more sort of darker and serious in tone than I was expecting from the title, I have to say. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it sort of, it was one of these films where the narrative was split across a two sort of story strands that were related. One was the investigation into these uh, the deaths of, of these teenagers or, or 20 something. Yeah, basically you had this one room at this sex club, uh, which is which seems to be cursed. Uh, and after quite a sort of, I thought, a nice opening sequence where you saw the bed being made from uh, from a hanging tree back in <laughs> days of yore, should we say? Yeah. Um, and, and then we see it in place. Uh, then you, you sort of you find out that some sort of uh, nasty happening is is going on at the club, and and so we have the we have the investigation, and then we also flash back to uh, uh, two couples going on a sort of birthday foursome stroke. <laughs> um, fun times at the club it's a, it's a little bit yeah <laughs> a little bit interesting setup because not not everyone's totally into it it seems but uh yeah 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 no i mean it was it was it was entertaining uh enough to a point i guess um i didn't think i don't know what he's done before but the lead actor that played the sort of detective in it i didn't think was particularly strong uh i don't know whether that was just me and I'm being a tad unfair, but uh, um, I don't know. It, it had that kind of uh, low-budget feel to it, didn't it? Not that that's necessarily a bad thing. but Yeah, I mean, I guess the other thing we should say about Bed of the Dead is that uh, one of the nice things about Fright Fest and also about this event was you get a nice little kind of sort of fun bonus things in between all the various films uh, they have this thing called trailer trash, where uh, where you get all this kind of like uh, archive trailers and adverts and music videos, which are all Halloweeny, but all scary movie related. So to sort of set you up, and then uh, and they had a, a short film uh, showing beforehand, uh, which is a world premiere called the Ca uh, called the Catchment, directed by uh, Ross Noble, the comic, uh, who's horror fans might remember it was in a film called Stitches recently as well um, yeah and uh, it also it starred uh, uh, I'm trying to think what her name was yeah, yeah. The, 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 from uh, the the start of the the, the Descent 
yeah, I can't remember her name. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, you know, uh, he Noble did indeed turn up to uh, to introduce the um, the film, which was quite good. And give us Sean, a Shauna bit. McDonald. Shauna McDonald. There you go. We not, got. Not, I'm not reading off the uh, the Descent DVD at DVD all. cover. There you go. No, um, saved by the cover. Uh, but no, it was good because this was um, Sky were doing a. Uh, thing where they were trying to get some shorts for Halloween, and they were well. Uh, this this was yeah. like these were supposed to be comedy ones, weren't they? But yeah. then, uh, so you had this horror comic thing, which was quite yeah. It, it, so so I, I think I probably enjoyed that more than I enjoyed Better the Dead, which was I thought was fine. But it just sort of, as you say, that the the policeman figure just felt, it felt very like um, I'm going to be a grizzled cop here. I'm yeah. just a cop here trying to do my job. Yeah. And, and it's you know he was he was like dressed like like a sort of a a, a rogue cop who doesn't play by the rules you know what yeah. I mean yeah. wearing the trench coat swigging out of a bottle you know uh, I, you know the all the exactly the right length of designer stubble sort of uh, you know it was yeah to be fair it was probably less down to the actor and more down to the material <laughs> he'd been given it, it, it felt it felt very kind of movie movie. If you know what I mean, as opposed to kind of, you know, putting, trying to ground this in any kind of real police investigation. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I'll be honest. I mean, um, it, the reaction yeah. we we saw some friends, you know, some of the usual fright festers um, after the screening, and uh, you know, quite a lot of people were quite down on it. But I didn't think it was actually that bad. Yeah, no, I, I I enjoyed it for what it was. I wasn't bored. Um, it was. I, I think that there, there's maybe there's maybe one sort of section where it felt like it like it was just slightly treading water. Uh, where after I'm going to tread uh, uh, sort of lightly here to avoid spoilers. Where where you're just down to two of the characters who are stuck on this bed because if you leave the bed, then bad things happen to you. Then you're dead. Uh, and uh, and and they and they're having this sort of conversation, and it felt like they didn't really need to. It didn't know where it wanted to go after that, yeah. So it sort of meandered a little bit before it sort of picked up again towards the end. So exactly uh, for me, anyway. But uh, yeah, no, I, I I agree. So um, but you know, I, I'm guessing these things often sort of come out the following year, don't they? On um, on uh, you, you know DVD or Blu-ray well, release. Well, or it, it was it seems to be it kind of accelerating, doesn't it? I think perhaps yeah, as you say, there may be some more festival screenings for uh, for this one. Uh, I mean, that was the UK premiere, and it already screened a couple of places. So uh, yeah, look out for that one soon on uh, on I guess streaming if if that sounds like your genuine jam. Yeah, Bed of the Dead, directed by Jeff Mayher. So. Um, the next, the, okay, the next one up was interesting. Um, it was a uh, film that originally uh, the Fright Fest organisers want to, wanted to have for the uh, for the for the main Fright Fest this summer, but for some reason, I think it was to do with distribution deals or something. Um, the film never got uh, shown then, so they showed it at this. Uh, a film called Don't Hang Up which was co-directed by, I hope I pronounced this right, uh, Damien Mace and Alex Weisbrot. Uh, 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 Alexis 
is it Vajsprat? Vajsprat. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I think uh, originally both directors were supposed to be there to introduce, but actually I think it was just Damien, wasn't it? Exactly. Who joined us. Yeah. Uh, introduced it and then did a bit of a Q&A afterwards. Now I have to say, I really, I've, I found out some more stuff about this since seeing the film, but on watching the film, I really enjoyed this one. Um, it, when the credits for it started, I actually didn't think I was going to like it at all. And um, I, was, I was sort of pleasantly surprised by it um, because it was, it was about this whole sort of uh, prank call over the internet um, uh, set up. And, and I thought they set up the beginning really well. And then it went into the credits. I thought, oh, I'm not going to like this. But then I actually did grow to get quite into it. What, what were your, your initial thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, it, it's sort of, it, it's, it's quite a contained movie. Essentially, you have these sort of pranksters who after we've kind of set up initially what they do through, uh, through the pre-credit sequence and then through some sort of montage of their kind of YouTube videos, uh, then we sort of, find that it's it's their them sort of the two main ones together in in one house over one night as as they kind of get a taste of their own medicine yeah now i think that i mean initially i was thinking like you i wasn't 100% sure on this because basically you you it's you set up these characters to be absolute like well assholes yeah very unlikable <laughs> yeah to yeah. be, be re so it's really difficult to try and root for someone to survive when they've just been like being nasty to lots of other people just for their own jollies, but obviously, but you know, they they sort of they, they did quite a good job of kind of modulating that of having you know of, of there being like a nice one, and and then a, a, a more like an arch asshole. Yes, if we sort of yeah. mean. Um, so, and it, it's actually it's quite. I mean, it's eighty three minutes. It's, it's quite a lean sort of uh, sort of thriller type thing. And that whole kind of, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the amount of kind of people being terrorised by other people over the phone type films we've had, mm -hmm. whether it's from, you know, things like Scream or, uh, you know... When or, a stranger calls. When a stranger calls, uh, yeah, yeah, one missed call, all, all these sort of, you know, going back. So it's sort of, it, I guess it factors into that a bit, but... Uh, and also it was sort of playing slightly on the, uh, the the whole social media side as well now, which, um, which of course, uh, you know, has been quite sort of vogue in the last year or so with, with horror films as well, such as, you know, Unfriended and uh, My Friend Request and et cetera, et cetera. It's quite a few of them, hasn't there? Um, but one, one of the things when I was watching this, I mean, uh, I, I sort of thought to myself, we knew it was a directorial debut of these guys. And, um, you know, some of the photography in it uh, looked rather slick. And I did sort of sit there thinking to myself, how the hell did these guys, uh, you know, get to do this uh, as their debut feature? But um, it turns out that these chaps actually work for uh, Framestore in London, um, which has done the effects for you know, films such as Gravity and Iron Man and et cetera, et cetera, you know, and uh, it's, it's, it's obviously a very well-known effects company. And um, one of the things they did and they admitted, you know, in the Q&A was even though they had a rather tight budget and schedule 
for this film. Um, you, you know, they didn't have to pay for any of the visual effects side and, and some of the more fancy stuff in it were the use of transitions and, and you know, they had sort of camera moves where you'd start outside of a home and then you'd you'd literally go in through the keyhole and travel yeah, around. Yeah, it, it had some of that kind of virtual uh, virtual camera stuff that you that I think we probably, a lot of people first saw in something like David Fincher's pan, uh, Panic, Panic Room, Room. Yeah. you know, where it's kind of going through like the handle of a kettle, you know, and, and uh, you know, basically because you've sort of three modelled things that you're then flying through or, you know, sort of putting glass in where glass isn't there so then you can kind of just pass through it. And it's just, I mean, it, it's very slick and it does give it a sort of sheen of a bit of a higher budget than it actually is, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it felt, it had a, a sort of Hollywood movie feel to it, even though in terms of the amount of characters and locations, it was a very contained film. And, um, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, I actually thought it was quite effective. Um, I did some more research afterwards, actually, and uh, I was slightly, uh, well, if I'm being negative, say miffed, but if I'm being positive, which we try and be on this, let's say inspired, uh, <laughs> to have found out, because I thought, what did these guys do before? And it's, it's really odd because um, uh, a few years back, I, I made, which you can see on my uh, YouTube page, I made a, a very, very low budget shot in a day for like 200 quid um, feature, uh, a short film called uh, The Baby Watcher which was essentially um, based on a sort of urban myth, an urban tale, urban legend, whatever you want to call it. And um, it was funny because uh, I'd sent that one around to sort of do festival circuits, etc. And um, a good friend of ours, Zav Rodriguez, rang me one day to say he'd been to a, uh, see a short film. And he said to me, Keith, I kid you not, it is, it is Baby Watcher with a budget. And I was like, okay. And... Uh, he said, I mean, he was very kind. He said, even though he had a budget, he thought that Baby Watcher worked slightly better. But that's by the by. It was a film called Red Balloon. And um, it turns out that that was these chaps' uh, short film before they got this feature. So, um, which again, they used a lot of uh, apparently visual effects that they had at hand to make look look quite slick. I've not actually seen Red Balloon myself, but I must check that out at some point. So uh, so, th so they, they did Red uh, Red Balloon and got to do Don't Hang Up, and uh, I did The Baby Watcher and got to do Don't Call Us, We'll Call You, right? <laughs> well, I, I, I haven't seen Red Balloon. I have seen Baby Watcher, and it is very good. Thank you. So, uh, I, you know, I wouldn't go beating yourself up over there. I think it just goes to show that if, you know, if, if they can then make the next step, then you can too. Well, yeah. No, absolutely. And they did, and, and hats off to them, because I, um, I actually thought the film was quite enjoyable. And uh, it was, for me, it was one of the one of the stronger films in the day, actually. I, I enjoyed it. I thought I, I thought it was I thought it was it was solid. It was uh, you know it was it was a nice tight story. It's it's not you know not one I'm going to want to revisit. But uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely sort of fine. Yeah, cool. All right, and and you know like any good filmmakers would, they used uh, obviously the resources they had around them to 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 make that step and to to up the quality, which which I think they did. So that was cool. All right, so that's uh, don't hang up. Check that one out. Um, Next up was a film called Cold Moon. Um, now, this was interesting in so much as 
this was based on a novel by Michael, M is it McDowell? Or McDowell. McDowell, who uh, had previously done things that Tim Burton had adapted, such as Beetlejuice and uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. But, you know, Tim Burton being the sort of auteur director that he is, it, it obviously very much put his... his um, his slant and his style on those movies to make them very much a Tim Burton movie. Now, this one was touted as being sort of more true to the the darker source material of um, McDowell's writing. And uh, this was actually directed by an actor called Griff First. And, um, yeah, what, what, did you, what did you make of this one, uh, Clive? It had, a few, it had a few names in it as well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, you've got the likes of uh, Josh Stewart and obviously Christopher Lloyd in a sort of featured part there. Frank Whaley, um, Candy Clark. Yeah, so you know the few few sort of familiar faces. Yeah. And I mean, this is very much a slice of Southern Gothic. You've got this sort of sleepy Southern town of, of Babylon, where there'd been this uh, family tragedy, and now uh, and now there's and now another sort of dark thing happens and and there's and there's a killer who who looks like he's going to get away with it and and it's sort of about the sort of it becomes about the sort of web that this sort of killer sort of is starts sort of to sort of weave to try and put the blame on on other people and get and get out of it it looks like he's going to be successful but uh supernatural forces uh, mm. start to take a hand and it and yeah. it doesn't quite play out the way you think it's going to play out um, I I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I I, um, I had that sort of uh, I, I guess midday lull where I um, where where I was a bit sleepier during this one, so I I I, uh, I struggled a bit more with it. But I but I thought it was a solid film. Um, one of the things that I found distracting about it was I thought some of the perform well some of most of the performances in it were were a bit heightened. And um, it felt a bit odd because even though we we're dealing with supernatural and things like that, the, the, the setting and, and the photography and the visual style of it was actually quite very, very realistic. Yet some of the performances seemed a little bit over the top. And I thought to myself, I don't know whether that was because it was, you know, directed by this this actor that hadn't directed much previously. I, I don't know. What, what were your thoughts? I, I think a couple of other um, people commented on yeah that. i mean the, the, there were some big performances in there um i mean this candy clark is the sort of the one where it's uh because she's you know it was kind of grieving in, in sort of capital letters really wasn't it um but uh for me I, it didn't bother me because it sort of felt in this sort of tradition it felt like that kind of it you know it sort of fit in it, it's fit in that kind of tradition of sort of, I guess, Southern melodrama of that kind of, um, uh, I guess, Tennessee Williams almost sort of feel to it. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was interesting because some of the players were playing it quite naturalistic and, you know, I guess, slightly methody, you know, so Josh Stewart as the, as the kind of, uh, as the as the sort of town lawyer mm -hmm. is one that sort of was going that way, but then you, as you say, you had other people who were um, who were doing their full ca uh, like character actor kind of tuba scenery bit. So yeah, but this this the, the scene you know the uh, the story itself 
is strong and kind of compelling. Um, it's because it because it perhaps it's weird because you have the because it's set in the south. It does seem to be sort of like a almost a, a trope that stories set in the south will have a slightly uh, slower pace, mm. uh, a more you know. Uh, meandering southern drawl <laughs> yeah <laughs> sort of way of going about things you know it's almost like the heat gets to the to what we're doing um but uh i i personally i i didn't mind that in this film and you know when i say it's slightly longer i mean it's it's, it's still 92 minutes it's not you know it's, it's not didn't feel baggy to me it's just that sort of there were some scene some scenes where it's sort of yeah, perhaps it's that thing of it being an actor director and the act and giving the actors a little bit too much rope, perhaps. Mm. But for me, they, it didn't it didn't ruin it for me. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was good. So next up, uh, I have to say this 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 one for me was pr probably uh, probably my favourite uh, of the day. Uh, it's a film called Fear Inc. Uh, based on a, a short film by the same director, uh, Vincent uh, Maciel, and um, yeah, th this this when it when it started off, uh, there's the they, they put like their one sort of name in it right at the beginning, which was Abigail, Abigail Breslin, Breslin yeah. yeah, and um, I at that point the the very opening of it, I thought, oh, this is going to be a bit of a a crappy low budget um horror film and wasn't so sure but then as it progressed i i, I got really into this one and uh you, you know it's it's one of those films that loves to to put in loads of movie particularly horror movie references throughout as well and i i thought it worked um really well but that was based on largely i think on the charisma of the uh of the lead actor in this is that Lucas Neff? Yes, I yeah. think so. Yeah, so yeah, Fear Inc. or Fear Incorporated, I think that's short for, isn't it? It's yeah. INC. Um, yeah, it's, you've got this setup of this kind of, uh, I, I guess, riffing on the idea of these uh, like haunted house attractions that, that are very big, especially in the United States. Um, it, it's sort of like. Uh, you know, how do you take that to the to the next level? <laughs> well, the answer is you call Fear Fear Inc. and they they give you a tailored scary experience, which uh, maybe goes a bit over the line into uh, <laughs> into well, uh, moida. Um, so it's yeah, it, it, it's it's the thing with this one is this is a, I thought this is great fun. It, it was it, it was quite comedic in tone, yeah, uh, very kind of meta in terms of sort of like. Hey, this is exactly like this other film because you got the lead. The lead character is this. Um, well, he, he's he's got it good because he's he's yeah. he's a bit of a waster um, bum of a guy that that fortunately has not only a smoking hot but a, a really wealthy girlfriend <laughs> that uh, that he lives in their sort of really nice place in in the Hollywood Hills and uh, um, yeah, kind of kind of. Uh, you know, is the one that's that is really into horror movies. Really loves all of his his horror films, and uh, you know when he finds out about this this fear incorporated experience, um, is is really sort of keen to sign up and 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 do it for Halloween. Um, 
but uh, yeah, it, it's 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 very enjoyable. I mean, as I said, this is this is probably the the lightest film in terms of of, of comedic of the day. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall for me, it was it it just left me with a big smile. I think it was a real crowd pleaser. This one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very easy to sort of get uh, get behind Joe because he's such a horror fanboy. Um, and, and, and so it, immature for his age. He's yeah, t- <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it, it's it's you know you got this nice sort of central quartet of characters, um, and and you see people you see they seem to be getting really scared by it. But Joe's just really uh, enjoying the whole experience. You know, everyone's going around locking the doors and windows, and he's and he's leaving one open a crack because because uh, he wants he wants the uh, the mass killers to come in uh, and to get the full experience. So. But yeah, I mean, it's it 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 does that. It does a really nice job of sort of segueing from the from the quite sort of silly uh, comedic stuff into the sort of darker uh, stalking slash uh, things that sort of go on towards the end. Um, yeah, it's it's really good. I mean, and preceding this one, there was another short called "Do You See What I See" uh, from uh, directors uh, Justin McConnell and Serena Whitney. Uh, which is that? Which is a, a Christmas-themed one, where uh, where this uh, where this Christmas party that turns uh, turns goes into a bad place, right? Um, and yeah, which was okay. Uh, it, it and that's one of those ones where it's got it's got quite an interesting twist, which we won't spoil. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's 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 not too bad. It's fourteen minutes short. Um, yeah, but uh, but going back to fearing, uh, if if I'm going to recommend one film from Fright Fest uh, Halloween all day to see, then I think it's this one, Fear Inc. Right, so that would be movie heaven for us both, then I guess. Uh, yeah, about that lot. Um, yeah, great fun. Fair enough. Mo- moving moving forward, the next up was a. Um, Film by Steven Sheinberg called Rupture, which starred uh, Numi Rapace. Yeah, this is probably the highest profile film that that we got to see. This is the UK premiere of Rupture ahead of its sort of uh, ahead of its release. Um, Numi did a video intro to it, didn't she, for us? Yes, <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> Thank you, Numi. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was looking forward to this one. Well, partly because I'm really into well, as part of the A to Z of SFF podcast, it's probably no, no shock, no shocking use to say I'm into sci-fi. So this seemed to be up my street. I, I, I like Numi as a uh, as a lead actress, and director Stephen Shane, uh, Stephen Shaneberg's done been involved with uh, things like uh, Secretary and Hard Candy, which I think are really, great movies. You know, really good uh, sort of low, you know lower budget. Uh, movies which still have quite a sort of yeah, particular look to them, and yeah, just you know, very well acted, put together. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was I was looking forward. To, I mean, this also has um, uh, Michael Chiklis and Peter Stormare uh, in it. Uh, so it had, I guess, if you like the 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 better known actors out of the uh, the films um, of the day. Yeah, and uh, Leslie Manville as well. Leslie Manville, there yeah. you go. So, but I have to say, this was one of those films that the first half of it I thought was absolutely 
excellent and was really into it and really with it. But then I kind of wanted them to get on with it and it seemed to it seemed to get stuck, uh, in my opinion, and um I wasn't I didn't find the the latter half or the ending particularly satisfactory. But that's just me. Yeah, this is a film where it's very difficult to talk about the plot without spoiling it. So uh, let's just say that the setup involves a uh, single mother, uh, Renee, uh, played by Numi, being uh, being randomly kidnapped by these by this sort of strange cult or or, or organisation. It's, it's a bit. It's all a bit mysterious, and gets taken to this facility. This facility where she's where she's kind of uh, experimented on uh, together with some other prisoners, and uh, and and. You know, and gradually we sort of find out who these people are to a certain degree, and what it is they what it is they want, and what it is they're trying to do. Uh, and all, all the while, uh, Renee's trying to escape and get back to her son. Yeah, That's so a very good, uh, very good non-spoilery synopsis. I like yeah, that. <laughs> uh, and uh, I can't really go into any more details about what they're trying to do to try torture her. Uh, but you know, it, it does involve sort of. Uh, Going into into her kind of fears, doesn't it? Yeah, she she's very arachnophobic. Yes, and if you are arachnophobic, probably not a good film to watch. No, 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 that it will creep you out somewhat. And uh, you know, it does very much play on 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 science fiction elements as well in this. But uh, yeah, I'm, you know, it was it was a decent enough made film and whatever. But I I did find it. I found for me the the resolution was slightly lackluster. But um, but you know, worth a watch, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where uh, it it has a nice kind of almost Twilight Zone style sort of setup, and then because it's it's that kind of thriller thing of you know running away and trying to sort of get out. Uh, you're complete. I think New Repass is very good at as as a figure of audience identification uh, but in a way it reminds me of something like Prometheus where it's, it's it's like you're with her and you like her character but the actual stuff going on around her is is a bit subpar yeah um which is a shame um and, and it sort of as you say it gets to a certain point this film and then you want it to sort of go up a level and then it doesn't really it just kind of circles around um yeah it's and and because and despite having these really good supporting actors, um, it does rather feel like they're a little bit wasted for me. Yeah. Um, and I, I can see what they were trying to do with the ending, but without spoiling it, um, it it doesn't sort of it doesn't feel like a like a it doesn't feel completely satisfying. Hmm. So it, it, I, th I think it's kind of an interesting failure. It, it, it's it, for, for me. It, it's uh, it, it's it's not it's not. It, I wasn't bored, uh, but it felt like it could have it could have been better than it was. Yeah, I think we're both in agreement on that. By the sounds, and then to uh, to round the night off was the um, uh, the only subtitled film of of, of the uh, uh, festival uh, this time, which was uh, an Indonesian film called Headshot, um, 
which was, uh, I believe, made by the same people behind the Raid films. Is that right? Uh, no, not oh. exactly. It, it, it's 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 got you've got the star of the Raid, isn't it? Uh, uh, Iko uh, Uwe, if I'm saying that right. Um, so he's he's the lead, but uh, you've got. Uh, you know, it's from the Mo brothers who directed Macabre Killers, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, they did some secret segments of VHS Two and ABCs of Death. Um, but this is very much in the tradition of the raid, in that it's you've got that super violent, uh, highly hyperkinetic action sequences uh, in a uh, fairly. Con- sort of controlled setting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I thought it was, um, you, you know, uh, it, it was action with a lot of violence, uh, hence why it was included in the Fright Fest, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I found it very, very interesting. Um, you know, th- bearing in mind by this point, we're at sort of 1am, uh, you know, on the Sunday morning and, um, it kept my attention. I didn't find that I was falling asleep or anything during this by any means because there was so much action going on and it was all so well choreographed fights and, um, uh, you, you know, things that it that it kind of kept you interested. That's what I found anyway. Um, I, I have to be honest and say that I did, uh, I did nod a few times during this film, not because it was a poorly made film, just because I was tired. Uh, this is film six. And, and something something had to give a little bit. Uh, also, perhaps because I'd seen The Raid and The Raid 2, it didn't feel as sort of fresh and exciting as it might otherwise have done. Yeah, I must admit, I, you see, I hadn't... Ashamedly, I haven't yet seen The, the Raid films. Uh, I need to check them out because, you know... People say they'd be right up my street, so to speak. But, and, um, and, and also, unfortunately, there was a bit of a projection issue with this one, where initially we watched the first 10 minutes of the film without any subtitles, <laughs> which uh, which made for uh, interesting but slightly confusing watching, and then they restarted the film with subtitles. Yes. So it yeah. meant that actually it was a bit late. It was even later when the, when the film got going. So, I mean, this these things true. happen. You know, everyone was very good-natured about it, uh, you know. But... Uh, yeah, it just meant it was slightly later. But uh, I, I think the thing with this one is it felt like it almost harkened back to the Hong Kong style of heroic bloodshed movies in that it has that very strong, uh, almost streak of melodrama, sort of this sentimental thing where you have this, uh, you you have the uh, uh, central character played by uh, Aiko Uwe, uh, who plays this character called Ishmael, it's a young a young man who who, who washes up ashore on this Indonesian island is uh, an amnesiac who's got serious who has a serious head injury hence headshot um, and uh, yeah it, it's it, it's all about his sort of violent past coming back to sort of catch up with him yeah. uh, and it turns out that he was an assassin in in his previous life yeah. Yeah, I mean uh, it's not it's not a very original setup. Yeah, but but the, but the, the where the uh, sort of sentimental bit comes in is that he's basically the young doctor caring for him, uh, a female doctor falls in love with him. Yes, um, and uh, and he with her, you know, even though he doesn't really, even though he doesn't know who he was, he sort of he feels this bond with her, yes. and you know it, it ends up being this sort of uh, him sort of trying to sort of. 
both find out who he who he was and also trying to cut loose of all this sort of uh, you know uh, ties to the underworld which keep trying to sort of threatening to sort of destroy his you know no, new abs- life so. absolutely and I mean this is quite a dark film as well because there's you know we've already said it's quite violent and gory but there's um there's there's quite a bit of violence towards women and children in this film as well so um you know if 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 you uh you, you know are put off by that sort of thing then maybe this is not the film for you but i mean it's you, you know everybody sort of gets their come up and it's as you'd expect so um <laughs> it, 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 it kind of ties up nicely that way, but uh, yeah, it's not for the squeamish. And but the uh, you know, if you're if you're into your into martial arts action or just into uh, into sort of action, then the the fight you know the fight the the final confrontations are really good. You know, uh, you know, and, and you've got uh, I think it's uh, uh, it's Sunny Pang, isn't it? I think is the sort of. Uh, I'm right Love saying interest. I, I, I was going to say that that's the baddie, but um, oh, sorry, who's uh, is that not? Is that not? Uh, 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 I Ch- don't know. Chelsea Islin, um, right? But uh, yeah, could be getting that wrong there. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. It, it, I, I think, it, especially if you're a fan of the sort of raid films, then absolutely check it out. Check it out. So yeah, so there you go. Um, we thought we'd give you something, uh, you know, bite-sized for, for for Halloween. No pun intended. Um, so whatever you're doing this Halloween day today, uh, you know, enjoy, have fun. Um, my, myself, Clive, Simon, Mike Tech and, and our good friend, Chris, we are all, uh, off tomorrow to do something very Halloween. Um, we're going to see John Carpenter in concert for release the bats. So uh, I'm sure we'll probably report back on that at some point. Looking but, forward to that. Yeah. Yes. Had to be done for Halloween. Absolutely. Um, so uh, that just leads me to, uh, oh, well, hold on, to make it movie heaven, movie hell, let's just round off then. So Clive, what would be your movie heaven out of those picks? Uh, I think. think. Yeah, I think we both agree on that. And and movie hell for you? Um, I'm going to, it's a bit unfair because there aren't that many to pick from, <laughs> but I'm going to say Better the Dead. Better the Dead, yeah. Uh, okay, I'd say... Uh, I'd actually probably say Rupture just because even though it had a lot of good, I just, it, it, as I said, it didn't quite deliver at the end for me. But uh, um, but yeah, you're right. It is a bit unfair because there are only a few films. But, uh, but there you go. Six for you to check out for Halloween. Um, so thanks, Clive, for doing this with me. Uh, and please uh, tune in for the next episode of Movie Heaven, Movie Hell, where we go back to our normal format and um, Simon will be back with us. So thank you. Thank you. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.